All right, so I lied. I lied. I will admit it. I will admit it. Um, I told myself I was not going to watch or at least be in a rush to watch. I would have caught it on TV on like a, a Sunday or something by mistake in the background while I was doing everything but watching the movie. You know, I told myself I wasn't going to review it, but it was online. So I said, fuck it. I wasn't paying money to see this shit. So I'm going to do a review for Sonic the Hedgehog. I am not going to get um, that's one thing I'm not lying about. Normally, when I do these reviews, I get like really in depth. I break down scenes. I'm not going to do all of that. I'm, uh, you know, some things that were half decent. I will talk about not too much in depth, but I, this is not going to be an extensive review whatsoever because. You know, even though I, I gave the movie a higher rating than I thought I would give it, it's still not a good film. It's not. Um, I remember I was ex I was excited for this movie when the idea of it came out because I'm like, a live action Sonic movie. I know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to take some human characters and transport them over in Sonic's world. We're going to get, um, you know, we're going to get Green Hill Zone. We're going to get Marble Zone, Spring Yard, Scrap Brain. Uh, Starlight, we're going to get everything. We're going to get Dr. Robotnik. We're going to get these animals that he transformed into murderous robots. All these contraptions and springs and uh, super speed shoes. We're going to get everything. Nah, nah, wishful thinking, man. Because I remember, first of all, when that design dropped, I was like, this, <laughs> this shit. This doesn't look like Sonic. It was something just so strange about that first design. Um, and then I remember they dropped the trailer and I'm just like, nope, this looks like complete dog shit, horse shit, whatever, you know, T-Rex shit that Jeff Goldblum will walk up to. And even Jeff Goldblum probably would think this movie is worse than that. I, but I mean, it's it's not just let me clarify something for y'all. This movie is not. Like I said, it's not as terrible as I thought it was, but this is not a good movie. They keep saying that it's breaking records and it's the highest opening weekend for a video game movie ever. I, you know, people could be like, oh, the numbers don't lie. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. I mean, this is this movie was not anything amazing. Um, if anything, I think they took the lazy approach to it because I feel like this movie should not have been taken place on earth you know like in a regular uh practical setting i feel like this should have been done on some avatar type shit so we really could have got creative with the ideas and with the zones and uh you know just the different levels and how how they're just like this big maze the la the labyrinth pun intended because that was a board in the original sonic anyway first of all this movie is directed by Jeff Fowler. I don't know what else he did, and I didn't take the time down to, to jot down who wrote this movie, but, you know, your main players, James Marsden, who plays Tom, Tika Sumter, I can't remember her, her character's name because I really didn't care that much for her character, Nick Schwartz, who does the voice of Sonic, and Jim Carrey, of course, who plays Robotnik, I, and I got some things to say about Jim Carrey, actually, which I'll get to, but... One of the best parts of this movie is the opening. You know, we open up with um, a beautiful, it's beautiful, it's CG, of course. I don't think they would have made a completely practical um, Green Hill Zone 
but that's Sonic's homeland. Of course, that's the first level that they, you know, you started, you you start off at in the first Sonic game. It's Green Hill, and when I say this shit looks exactly like how a CG um, movie version of Green Hill could look, they did a damn good job. I don't know if they did it. You know, after they did the Sonic design and changed the entire opening completely, I don't know. But this is one of the best. The best parts in the movie is looking at this landscape of Green Hill because it looks amazing. It's it hits you right in the nostalgia down to the loop de loops. You know, the um the the ground that crumbles beneath you when you when you go over a certain spot of it. It's popping, man. I, I won't even lie to you. That's why I said that I really wish that they would have set the movie with a few human characters and just sonic's world you know it would have been a lot better that way it would have been a lot more beneficial you could have got a lot more creative with it like i said now you do get introduced to kid sonic and this is not to be compared to baby yoda and all this other shit because you know at first they were saying baby sonic and i think some of the designs made him to be a lot smaller and younger than what he was when we first see him in the movie but basically there's narration and he's like you know this is me and this is my homeland and you know there's no school and i get to run around all day and just scale the entire world it's 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 cool it's okay it's it's not terrible kid sonic is you know he looks cool he he looks like sonic as an adolescent it's fine we get introduced to Longclaw, who i think definitely is a character from the sonic universe for some reason i can't remember Longclaw. But she's basically Sonic's mother. You know, I wanted to say surrogate mother, but no, this is Sonic's mother. And shit is the fan pretty fast in the opening of this movie because, you know, she he he's joking around like, oh, you know, I wasn't running that fast. And she's basically telling him, like, Sonic, you have powers that I've never seen before. No one's ever seen before. And you would give Quicksilver a run for his money uh, in the X-Men universe. So you need to, you know, she's just lecturing him about how shit's getting real. And then we get, you know, it's Easter eggs galore in here, man. Like I just said, Green Hill, Sonic, of course, he's the titular character, Longclaw. And then we get these tribe members who are shooting arrows at the, you know, the hut that Sonic and Longclaw live in. And these tribe members, again, this is I don't know if this was something that they, you know, an alternate opening or whatever. I don't know what they changed about this opening, but I didn't mind it at all the open is probably one of the best parts in the movie you know i would have went i could have went with these cg uh characters as opposed to uh human characters honestly like i'm just being completely honest about that but the thing the funny thing about the tribe members that are coming after sonic and Longclaw shooting these arrows they are from knuckles's tribe you know the the um the Echidinas, the Echidinas, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but that's what Knuckles is, and it was always this thing where Knuckles, you didn't know if he was a bad guy or not, they ended up teaming up, but these are members of Knuckles' tribe, the design is exactly the same, they got face paint and shit on, so what happens is Longclaw knows that she has to save Sonic, because they're coming for him, you know, they don't, they don't get too in, in depth into what's going on, they just know that they, they are getting their asses hunted down with, uh, with arrows, so Longclaw basically flies away. She gets hit with an arrow. She gives Sonic a bag of rings and she tells him, like, listen, you know, as long as you had these powers, somebody's always going to be after it. So what happens is she throws one of the rings and that's no, that's another Easter egg from the game, because if anybody remembers the big, huge ring, I think you have to get 50, 50 rings or more for when you when you cross the 
you know, the end of the level, there's a ring that pops up and transports you to the special stage. But what it does in this movie is Longclaw throws it into the air and it transports him to Earth, basically. And, you know, she tells him never stop running. Now, you don't see if Longclaw dies or not, but all these fucking, um, you know, Knuckles tribe members running towards her with arrows. I'm pretty sure it doesn't end well. Sonic tries to run and get to her, but he doesn't make it in time. The ring disappears. And I, I kind of like the kid inside of me felt that heartbreak because I remember trying to jump for that ring at the last minute and it disappears and I don't get to get to the special stage and get a headache to get a chaos emerald. So, you know, um, that's basically the opening of the movie. And then you flash forward to the actual Green Hills or not another Green Hills town. It's a small town. James Martin's the sheriff and you get a lot of. You get a lot of dry humor with James Marsden, man. I don't I don't know. I know this movie really isn't to be taken seriously, but I don't want to hate or for lack of a better word, I don't want to strongly dislike the main lead. You know, like it when Sonic's doing better acting than the human actor, there's a problem. James Marsden is an actor who I, I never really could take seriously to begin with cyclops yeah he was cool but they didn't really give him shit to do which is why i had a problem in that movie but james marsden's that he's you know he's that bored sheriff the town doesn't get a lot of action um the most action he gets is a turtle you know he's he's uh he's got the you know the speed reader whatever the hell that device is that cops use to you know the speedometer and all that shit and the most action he gets is a turtle and you know sonic's fucking with him basically and the thing is sonic knows who he is you know he watches tv when uh james marsden and tika sumter because they are a couple in this movie and you know sonic will be at the window watching them watch like speed and creeping out around the house and shit like that like but he they don't know that he's there but he knows of them very well that's like his that's like his uh his family who doesn't even know he exists. So what happens is Sonic is fucking with him basically. And, you know, he's run zipping past running, running, running. So when he finally runs past him, you know, James Marsden, Tom checks the, he checks the device and sees the speed. And he, when he can't find Sonic, he finds one of Sonic's hairs that he leaves behind us, you know, and I, I, I do, it's something small and it's something so simple, but I like the effect they did with the hair. It looks like it's, electronic or electromagnetic whatever you want to call it now we do we get a glimpse of what sonic is living like he lives in this cave and he just has his own fun in there he's he's you know reading through every issue of flash the the flash comics which was a nice touch because you know they're they pretty much do the same thing they run and zip all over the place but this shit this shit really reminded me of Quicksilver's intro and in X-Men Days of Future Past because you know down to the whole playing ping pong with yourself type shit it's like yo I've seen this shit before I can appreciate the gesture but had X-Men not have done it and done it a hell of a lot better I wouldn't complain about it now there was an easter egg that made me smile in that scene where Sonic's just fucking around in his little cave in his lair his home which was a um a road sign that read Hilltop. Now, for all my geeks out there like myself that were Sonic fans, Hilltop Zone was from Sonic 2. That's the, that's the board that gave me many a headaches. And, um, you know, there's a big ass earthquake and everything shifts at some point or everything, uh, you know, rises upward or shifts sideways. And it, you guys get it, man. That was a 
that was a um a bad time. I just got like a PTSD war flashback from Hilltop Zone. Shout out Hilltop though. And we do get another, you know, it's like I said, there are Easter eggs all throughout this movie. And I know I missed my fair share of them, but another um Easter egg that they got in that scene is Sonic mentioning which planet is which planet to go to next. And he's got a little um a little drawing of which planet to go to. So he talks about the mushroom planet that he has to go to next. And the mushroom planet for my geeks out there again is a Sonic and Knuckles reference. Now we do get to see the mushroom planet. Sonic throws a ring up and he basically just looks inside the ring and he's like, Yeah, I hate mushrooms. Da 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 da. So you know, we 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 see basically Sonic is very he's a very lonely character, man. And you know, it's it's one of those fish out of water type of scenarios because he doesn't interact with humans. You know, there's a homeless guy, I think, who he's taunts. He talks to animals and shit, but for the most part, there's a scene here where Sonic, you really get to see just how fucked up Sonic or and how angry he can really get because he he gets so bored that he plays baseball with himself and he literally plays every single position in this baseball field to the point where it, it, it really does showcase how fast Sonic is because, you know, as he's sliding for for home plate, he tries to, you know, tap himself out you know, to, to, so that he's not safe. And that just goes to show how fast he is. He's literally playing every position. And it's not until he's having like his celebratory moment that he realizes, you know, I'm all alone. I don't have anybody out here. So what he does is he starts circling around the dugout, like in, the, in a big ass, um, in a big ass square. And you see like his brow is wrinkling up. He, t he, um, he, it, it almost looks like he's going to turn supersonic for a second. Um, like literally supersonic. And that's a reference from Sonic 2, where I think if you get 50 or 50 plus rings or so, I haven't played this game in ages. You know, in the casino night boards, you jump up in the air and you turn into supersonic, which is a whole different level of, um, of speed and craziness and shit like that. But it is a scene where he almost looked like he was going to turn supersonic, but he didn't turn yellow. Now he's, you know, he's just going in circles, just going crazy. And what he does is he knocks all the power out in the town of Green Hill. So... All the power gets knocked out, so of course you get the government agents coming in, the fucking uh, cliched, quintessential government agents, and they're just like, oh my god, what do we do? We've never seen anything like this, because we've, ne we've never had a power outage and had to use candles or flashlights on our cell phones at all. So this shit is just bugging us out to the point where we gotta call in the man, and of course the man they gotta call in. They're like, oh, my God, this guy, he's got all these PhDs and he's a drone specialist. He can get down to the bottom of this. And you got some people in the in the board meeting who are like, yo, let's can we not call this dude? Like, so clearly, you know, Dr. Robotnik is the guy who they're going to call for the job. So then we get our first glimpse of Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. And I will say this. When the trailers were dropping and the TV spots and clips and shit like that, I was like, I stuck by what I said. I said, this movie is looks so bad that I don't even think Jim Carrey can save it. Now, when I say something like that, is there is a big problem. Because if I can, if Jim Carrey can carry a movie, pun intended, if Jim Carrey can carry a movie like Batman Forever, which for the record isn't as bad as Batman and Robin, but it is bad compared to the first two movies. Now, if Jim Carrey can carry something like that, but he can't carry something like this, there's a big fucking problem. But 
it kind of, as the movie went on, it reminded me of why Jim Carrey is who he is, why we've always loved Jim Carrey, and it's because he's a character actor. He can jump into these roles, whether they're silly as hell, whether they're in bad movies, and he can probably be the most enjoyable thing about it. Now, with that being said, Jim Carrey pops up as Dr. Robotnik. He he pulls up in this, you know, this um like this armored truck looking thing, this trailer. And he automatically he's talking to Phil uh, Neil McDonough, I think his name is the guy that plays Bison in Street Fighter Legend of Chung Lee. He plays in Walking Tall with The Rock. He Jim Carrey Robotnik immediately is letting motherfuckers know what it is like he's telling this dude you're not in charge he's got all these quips and these one-liners he's got a shit ton of drones that he controls with um he's got these like uh these electronic type of of, of gloves that he controls his drones with and it's 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 fairly cool it's pretty cool but you know jim carrey lays it on very very thick the moment he is on screen like he is you can tell he was having fun here and honestly if he's having fun I'm cool with that, you know, because there are, this could have easily been a movie where Jim Carrey just looked miserable, you know, where he was back on some uh, number 23 type shit where he nothing was to be taken serious or nothing was to be uh, lighthearted and in, in, in a joking manner. He could have just got his check and bounce. But no, he actually dove headfirst into this role. Now, as far as like accuracy goes, we all know Robotnik was not he did not look like this. Um, when we first got the glimpses of Robotnik, he really looked like a fat, mad scientist who like, he almost, he used to scare me. I don't think he really scared me up until Sonic two, when, you know, you, you go to death egg and Robotnik hops into that big ass transformer looking version of himself. And you got to basically fight that shit with no rings. He scared me in that as a kid. And he scared me when he was a spider, uh, robot in Sonic spinball, but Jim Carrey is not necessarily terrible here. I won't I won't say it's his best character acting by far, but he's not absolutely terrible. But basically, you know, the drones and Robotnik find a footprint that belongs to Sonic. And they're like, listen, this isn't uh, baby Bigfoot or anything. I, this is something we've never seen before. So we got to find it. And he's telling all this shit to his assistant who basically I don't know the actor's name, but he's a fucking flunky, man. He translates everything for Dr. Robotnik. He comes up to him with cups of, of Java, whatever the hell it is. He's just a flunky, man. And his character is really it's really worthless because I hate characters like that. You know, you're basically the servant. But, you know, Sonic Sonic's ready to bounce. He's like, listen, all these fucking drones and these these uh, these soldiers are looking for me. I, I got to get up out of here. You know, he he's ready to roll. He's packing up. And what happens is Tom finds him and Tom you know, he tranquilizes Sonic. So, you know, when Sonic wakes up, he, you know, they, we get the exposition. Yeah, I'm from another planet. I have to do this. I have to do that. And you're still, this is the thing. You're still getting better acting, voice acting from Nick Schwartz and from a CG hedgehog face than you're getting from James Marsden, man. I, I like his acting is not good here. Now I know it, like I said, it's a, it's based off a of goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog video game. I understand that, but even in something like Mortal Kombat, they're taking it seriously. And all they do is beat the hell out of each other in that video game. There's, you know, no acting, no acting involved unless it's acting angry. But Sonic is really showing up uh, Tom in this, you know, as far as the acting goes. Now, Robotnik shows up at Tom's door and, you know, he he's 
he's playing the the obvious, oh, I'm here to check your meter and this, that, and the other. And this is probably one of the best parts that James Marsden does as the Tom character because he's 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 being like really naive to the fact that Robotnik isn't who he says he is. He's just like, oh, you know, he he kind of lets on. He's like, oh, well, come on in. But then he stops him at the door. He's like, wait, you know, I know you're not who you say you are. And I thought you guys had to check the meter from outside just in case I'm not home. So they have like a little sarcasm match, a little back and forths and shit. But while they're doing that, Robotnik sends the drones inside the house to check everything. Sonic's hiding out. So basically, uh, Robotnik and Sonic see each other for the first time and we get our chase scene, which was in the trailer. And the only thing about the chase scene that really kind of made me smirk was the sound of the spin dash. And, you know, Sonic jumps out of the truck and does a spin dash and he he knocks over. He topples over uh, Robotnik's little, you know, his tank his take and about the tank with that robotnik has it's cool looking i get it i just didn't like that when the trailer came out they advertised it it said from the people from the studio that brought you fast and furious or the producers of fast and furious it's like don't do that don't we don't do that here like black panther said do not do that don't compare the two speed or not do not compare the two but the you know the tank robotnik's driving in is cool and i like the fact that sonic did the spin dash and knocked it over um it was a little slice of nostalgia, but what happens is Robotnik has a, a a vehicle inside that vehicle that chases him down. So they have, you know, it's a, it's a chase scene. It kind of reminded me, I hate to compare these two because the, the Terminator Salvation is a superior movie in so many ways in every way. But it reminded me of when Kyle Reese and, and Marcus Wright are fucking with that, that drone type thing that's flying in the air. And they keep having to like swing at it and kick it and hit it. But that's what... um. That's what Tom does with this, uh, you know, with this thing that's like on one wheel trying to slice out their tires. It's one of those Robotnik contraptions. But like I said, man, I'm not going I'm not really going to get there are scenes towards the end of this movie that are cool, but I'm not going to get too in depth into it, man, because it's like the, I, I, I don't really Sonic was the only entertaining character here for the most part and and robotnik i guess because i didn't care about james martinson's character i didn't care about tika something i I didn't, I didn't care about any of these characters man the deputy uh that was just stupid as fuck in the beginning from the moment he was on screen i did not give a shit there is a bar fight scene that could have worked but um you know one of the problems I had with this bar fight scene, you know, he tries to dress up Sonic in like a cowboy hat. Now, how the fuck do you think that a hedgehog is going to be incognito? I I have no idea. This just is a testament to show how fucking stupid this character of Tom is. Now, it's like you can have a silly movie based off a video game, but don't be stupid. You can be silly. Don't be stupid, man. You're trying to dress up a hedgehog and have it pose as a, you know, and the guy in the bar who's either drunk or just as stupid as the idea. He's like, you know what I hate? I hate hipsters. And it's like, yeah, because hipsters walk around all the time covered in blue fucking fur. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just stupid. Like, it's so fucking dumb. So basically, they get into a bar fight. And what happens is we get a, we get our Quicksilver montage scene. And, you know, what, what I mean by that is everybody remembers in X-Men Days of Future Past, um, you know, this shit, they, they want Sonic to be Quicksilver so bad. And I mean, Quicksilver was first RIP shout out to Stan Lee. Uh, Quick Quicksilver was first, man. He was, 
Um, but they want Sonic to be Quicksilver so bad because time slows down and Sonic is just running all over this goddamn bar. He's giving people he's giving people wedgies. He's pulling people scullies over their face. He's trying to make sure Tom doesn't get fucked up because, you know, he ducks when the, when the first punch is thrown and Tom gets hit. And speaking of which, let me say that during this bar fight, Tom, James Marsden gets way more to do in this one bar fight scene than he got to do in three X-Men movies. And that is some real shit, man. He's he's like dipping and dodging people. He's swinging here. He's swinging there. And I'm just like, where was all this? You you did not keep that same energy, bro, when, when you play Cyclops. Like, I'm so disappointed. So disappointed that you used your, <laughs> your rumble skills for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie's bar fight scene. But whatever, man, you know, I, I can't complain because I, sh- I knew what I was getting myself into watching this shit. But we do get we do get a Quicksilver scene, man. And it's just like as cool as the effect is. I love like slow down uh, like that Matrix type shit. I love it. But as cool as it is. No, 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 no. Because I've seen it before. If I hadn't seen it before, cool, I'd be I'd be all right, man. But I, I've seen this shit before in a way better movie. So I'm, you know, I wasn't really impressed with that scene. We do get another Easter egg, by the way, because after the bar fight, they they camp out in a motel, and you know, it's kind of funny because he's saying, you know, he tells Sonic, Sonic wants to get out on a t- he's like, what are we gonna do, man? Let's go out and do something. It's my last night on Earth. This, that, and the other. And Tom has just had it, man. He got fucked up in the bar fight. He's just like, listen, whatever you can do in this room is fine with me. So Sonic basically does everything in like 2.5 seconds, probably less than that. And, you know, he's taking a shower at this point because he's got a towel on his head. He's got a towel wrapped around him or some shit. And what, you know, I didn't like, I I mean, I didn't care. I saw a lot of reviews where people were just like, yeah, it's a fart joke in here. He just farted for no reason. And I'm like, well, they kind of justified it because Sonic had his first taste of chili dogs. And that's one of the big things about Sonic, especially in the cartoon. If anybody, if any geek knows, they know Sonic loves his fucking chili dogs, man, especially in the cartoon. There's even in Sonic the Hedgehog 2, you know, there's those breakaway bridges and one of the breakaway bridges in Casino Night Zone is they are chili dogs and they give you certain points. Uh, they, 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 um, you know, accumulate to your points. So that was a good like there are small little Easter eggs, like I said, that are here, man. And I know I missed a lot. Maybe I'll watch this again so I could cover all the Easter eggs in the episode. I doubt it, but I know they're there. But, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to get too in-depth into it. We do get another um, Quicksilver-like scene, which is on the rooftop where Eggman has got, you know, and you, this is another thing. People, you can either call him Eggman or Robotnik, but for me, I'm an OG with the Sonic shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember when I first got the first got a Sega Genesis, Sonic was the was the game that came with it, for God's sake. So he was Robotnik. He wasn't Eggman up until I, I honestly don't remember when he started calling him that. I remember hearing Eggman. Um, it was either in a cartoon or when I had my first Dreamcast system and Sonic Adventure came out. And there is a Sonic Adventure reference here, which I'll get to. But we get another Quicksilver scene on the rooftop. Uh, Robotnik's got them cornered, and, he, and his drones are everywhere. So what happens is, before he launches, time slows down again, and we have another Quicksilver moment when um, Tika Sumter and James Marsden fall off the building, so we get a Quicksilver moment. And I, I love the fact that Sonic is tapping his foot. He's tapping his foot, he's waiting to do what he does, and that is something that Sonic does. In the video game, when you don't move the character... He'll sit there, look at the screen, look at his watch, 
and tap his foot. I love that. That was that was a nice touch. But you know, there's another Quicksilver scene. He's he, you know he's fucking up the rockets. He's fucking up the drones. And what he does is he saves Tika Sumter and James Morrison because he throws a ring down at the ground before they hit the ground. And um, he transports them back to wherever the hell they're at. And um, basically, they have to get back to him because Robotnik is on Sonic's ass at this point. And we get our big city battle. And I remember when the movie started, I thought that when it was taking place in the city and Robotnik was chasing him around with the plane and shooting at him, um, I thought this was a modernized Metropolis. Metropolis is another zone from Sonic 2. And I, it, it looks like just a, a factory or a city type of factory, like something converted, but it looks like a city almost. And I thought this was like, I thought this was Metropolis, but, you know, I had to, you know, put my hopes down a little bit. And I'm like, nah, they wouldn't do something, something simple like that in a, in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. God forbid we actually have uh, more levels that are actually in the game source material and you, you know who cares about source material but you know we get the city battle and sonic is zipping and running all throughout the city but he's using these rings to teleport to different places but robotnik is on his ass like they even go to egypt at some point and they're blowing up he's blowing up sphinxes he's blowing up like pyramids and shit chasing after sonic and sonic does like this uh he does like this quick circular motion and he tries to blind robotnik in a sandstorm but what happens is he goes up the pyramid and he uses one of his rings again and he gets fucked up. He and Sonic gets blasted by Robotnik. Now, I know I'm missing like big chunks of this movie, but I did say in the beginning, I'm not going extensively into this review. I'm really not. I'm just going to cover the bases, the scenes that stood out and all that type of shit. But what happens is Sonic gets fucked up. He gets blasted as he's going through the ring and he ends up back in, in Green Hills town and Robotnik follows him. But, you know, Robotnik's talking his shit. He's just floating there while Sonic is on the ground. And Sonic basically had what he has is his, um, you know, it's, it's for dramatic effect because he's on the ground and he's just like about to give up. And, you know, Robotnik's just like, yeah, you know, animal testing wasn't all that bad. And he's just saying all these one liners while he's getting ready to, you know, take Sonic. And, um, you know, it's one of those uh, get up Peter Parker moments where Sonic has to find his strength. And, you know, he's got to get the, the, the lightning powers and shit. He's got to start looking mean. But. This is probably one of the most video game parts, with the exception of the opening. This is probably one of the most video game parts in this movie, because what these what they did, what they did was I feel like they said, OK, if we haven't given y'all what y'all wanted throughout this movie, we'll give y'all something y'all want at the end, something y'all need at the end, at the end, because surely enough, this happens at the end of the games, at the end of the, the rounds, the levels. What they did was they have Sonic channel all of his power, all his, all this electricity into his body. He gets his power back. He gets his badass look back and Sonic starts fucking Robotnik up and what he does is and I said this is a reference to Sonic Adventure because at some point you could climb on the sides of the build or the front of, it's actually the front of the buildings but it looks like the image looks as though you're running on a wall because you're running on the actual building and you can jump off the building and hit Robotnik or you can hit whatever it is that you want to hit and they do that here Sonic is running on the building and he is hitting Robotnik repeatedly and surprise surprise that is as close as 
to source material as you're going to get because that's what you have to do to beat Robotnik in the games. You have to hit him over and over and over on whatever damn contraption it is that he's inside of. And they do that. And they do it well. I, I will give them credit on that. They do it well. And Sonic, you know, he, he hits he hits Robotnik over and over and over to the point where he's doing like uh, spin dash hit combos on the on the ship. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that is something you can do in uh, the Sonic Adventure games. You know, you can do these hit combos where you're just basically doing circles and laps around this uh, around the ship or around this contraption, just fucking Robotnik up, which is cool. I You know, I've dug it. Um, and what happens is he hits Robotnik one more again. He hits him one more again. And then that's that final, you know, that's that final, you beat the game hit because Robotnik's ship just gets fucking, uh, demolished. And what they do is they throw a ring and they send him away. And basically all is well in the town of Green Hills. They got rid of Robotnik. Uh, I don't know who's going to clean up the mess. It's like those Transformers movies, you know, or Fast and Furious movies. Like who... Who pays for all? I mean, I'm sure the city pays for all this shit, but it's like, how long does it take to fix all this destruction? You know, how long does it take? And one of the things I like also at the end, this is after the battle, of course, um, James Marsden and Tika Sumter get a visit from uh, a government agent who's asking, have have they seen Son- have they seen Sonic? And, you know, they're like, thank you for your service to this country or whatever. But before this agent even comes up to the door is very subtle. But they're playing the Green Hill theme like they're playing it. It's, it's a piano. Um, it's played on a piano. But if you listen closely, people are going to people are probably going to smile at that because I kind of smirked. I'm like, you know what? That's a nice touch. And it could have been in the movie at any point, but they put it at the end. And I'm like, yo, that's there are certain things they did in this movie that shows that. Maybe studio execs and producers and creators do pay attention to the fans and what they want. I mean, they they spent a couple mil just to redesign Sonic after Backlash. Now, if all creators and producers and studios would do this, Hollywood would probably be in a much better place than they are right now. Um, But, yeah, we get the we get the Green Hill theme very subtly playing on a piano before the agent shows up. So he shows up. And, of course, they say, you know, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Sonic's not here. We don't know where Robotnik is. He's gone. You know, have a nice day. So they close the door. Of course, Sonic is in there. And, you know, they're like, listen, you got to go back to your room. Uh, It's a school night. And he's like, well, it's 3 p.m. Like, what's up with y'all? And then he he's leaving out the door, actually. And then they're like, well, where are you going? And he says, well, you said I have to go back to my cave now. What they've done. What they've done is they have made Sonic a room, I think, in the attic. And, you know, his beanbag chair is in there. All his memorabilia is in there. They got light strung up. And it's one of those, it's made for emotional purposes, I guess, because Sonic is just like, oh, my God, you guys did this for me? I can't believe it. And, you know, whatever. I'm not one for the emotional shit in these movies. It doesn't really work for me because how silly it is. But you're still getting better acting from a, a CG hedgehog than you are the human characters in here, with the exception of Jim Carrey, because he put a, he put it, he put some shit into this role. But basically, you know, that just goes to show Sonic is there to stay. And of course, it's setting it up for a sequel. Now, what happens is, speaking of sequels, we do see Robotnik again, and Robotnik has been teleported to the mushroom land that Sonic was talking about from Sonic and Knuckles, the video game. And he had he says he has no resources, no nothing. But what I like, I like what they did. First of all, you know, he he gives the hint. He's like, you know, 
I'll be home in time for Christmas. And he's got in a valve uh, Sonic's single hair that he, you know, he, he held on to. Now, I don't know what he's going to do with that and whatever he got transported there with. I mean, he said he had no resources to get home, but he says he'll be home for Christmas. And he is a mad scientist. So who knows what they're going to have Robotnik do in that mushroom land? I don't know. Maybe he'll run into Knuckles. Uh, maybe he'll run into Amy. I don't fucking know who he'll run into in that in that mushroom land. The possibilities are pretty endless if you do it the right way. I'll say that again. If you do it the right fucking way. But um, I do like that they try their best to make Jim Carrey look like Robotnik. His mustache him being bald, he's shaving his head, you know, when they show him in the Mushroom Planet, he shaves his head, the mustache, the way he lifts, when he lifts his goggles or puts his goggles down on his eyes, he looks like Robotnik. If you took his face and just CG like some, or if you could do, you could do practical effects. If you gave him some weight on him, like I would do that. For a sequel, I would have Dr. Robotnik, you know, until Christmas time comes or whenever the hell he decides to get back to Green Hill, Earth, whatever, I would just have him eating mushrooms or eating just feeding on shit that's out there and just have him get that fat. Put Robotnik in a fat suit. Put Jim Carrey in a fat suit if he's going to come back for the sequel. Because I need Robotnik to be more video game accurate. I'm cool with that because they, you got a small taste of it at the end. And, you know, of course, he walks off and that's that. But then you... You know, you can't have a video game movie which has so many games and has such a big universe without a post-credit scene. And of course, spoiler alert, the post-credit scene was Tails. My nigga Miles, you know, my, Tails pops up. <laughs> um, Tails has a ring that he pops up out of and he's looking for Sonic on this tracking device. And he's like, I'm pretty sure he's here. And Tails just, you know, he takes flight. He flies away and he starts zipping all over the land looking for his buddy. Now that... I don't know if I don't know if they added that if they, I don't know what the original ending was for this. I didn't I didn't look it up or anything like that. But that was it was okay. I mean, we got basically you got Sonic of course. You got Robotnik. You really got a glimpse of what Robotnik could be at the end uh the very end of the movie. You got the Knuckles clan which was an easter egg and you got Tails. Now, personally for me, what I would do with a sequel while this movie, first of all, let me give a rating real quick. And I, you know, I'm being generous with this shit. I'm giving this a five out of 10 and I give it a five out of 10 because of the, that five accumulated because Sonic, I didn't hate him. And because there were Easter eggs. Now, I don't know, maybe I'll give it a five and a half or a six when I catch the rest of the Easter eggs. I don't know, but as of right now, it's a five out of 10. It wasn't the steaming pile of dog shit that I thought it was going to be, but it still wasn't great. You know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, um, didn't knock my socks off and it could have. With that being said, I feel like they could learn a lot from, from this movie with uh, a sequel because of course they're going to make a sequel. It's, it's inevitable because the movie actually did well over this past weekend. It did really well. It had the biggest opening for a video game movie ever, if I'm not mistaken, which is good. It's a good milestone to hit because I really, I, I want them, I didn't want this movie to be bad. I was actually rooting for it when the news came years ago that a live action version was coming. But what I feel like they should do with a sequel is take this shit, take this shit off of planet Earth, man. You know, don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. Create a landscape, create a universe, create a world. You know, um, if it's going to be Sonic 2, you, we already got some, you know, 
we got Sonic and Tails in there. We got Robotnik. We got the setup for the sequel. Take Tika Sumter. Take James Marsden. Put these motherfuckers in Sonic's world, man. Have them transported there and can't get back until the end of the movie, please. Or have them stay there at the end of the movie and they just got to adjust. I don't know, man, but take this shit and put it elsewhere. Give me Emerald Hill Zone. Give me Chemical Plant from Sonic 2. Give me Mystic Cave from Sonic 2. Give me Casino Night from Sonic 2. Give me Oil Ocean from Sonic 2. Give me Metropolis. Give me Hilltop. Give me Sky Chase. Give me Wing Fortress. Give me Death Egg. You can give me all that shit from Sonic 2 as long as it's in his world. I don't want, I feel like that is such a cheap cop out when they just bring these CG characters who have their own realms into these, uh, you know, these, these fucking practical, uh, settings, man, with all these humans and shit, like, like, I know it's the first movie, and they probably didn't want to overcompensate and pull a, um, you know, a Mortal Kombat Annihilation and just throw everything in there that the video games had, because Mortal Kombat Annihilation was basically the first three video games all in one, and actually, it was a little bit of Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, honestly, and Mortal Kombat 4, because Shinnok was in there, but, that's neither here nor there, but I say that to say I can understand they didn't want to overwhelm everybody with a whole shitload of video game stuff and they wanted everything to be quote-unquote grounded. However, this is the time where you learn from what you didn't do, listen to the fans again, listen to what they want. I, I'm one of them. Put this shit in Sonic's world, man. I'm telling you, the possibilities are endless. It will be a much better movie. It'll be more entertaining. It'll be more beautiful to look at because i'm trying to tell y'all man that opening with green hill with sonic just running around in the loop de loop it looks amazing it looks great but we get all of not even five minutes of that shit and then it's right to earth you know what i mean like i and, and can i get some uh some of robotniks you know can i have him find some animals on the mushroom planet or back on earth whenever he gets there whatever they do can i have robotnik make some you know, make some goddamn, uh, some evil machine monsters, like, please, that can be for some horror effect, because a lot of those things, they were like, uh, dragonflies shooting, uh, fire out, they were, uh, sharks, uh, robotic crabs just shooting shit out of their claws, and it's like, it was crazy type of, type of, uh, creatures they had in that game, man, that Robotnik just had an army of, I need that, I need those. You don't even have to introduce Knuckles, really. You can save Knuckles for a post credit at the end of part um at the end of part two. Because Knuckles really didn't come in until part three, where he kind of was the villain. I mean, no. I was about to say that doesn't count because technically you could play as Knuckles in Sonic 2, but that was only if you flip open the cartridge of Sonic and Knuckles and put Sonic 2 on top of it. Now all you youngsters out there, y'all don't know nothing about them cartridges, man. That's that's the type of shit that we had back in the day. We was uh we was upscale citizens with them Sega Genesis's. But yeah, man, I you know like I said, five out of ten. Not a complete waste of time, but it's like I feel like I wouldn't have missed anything if I didn't watch this at all. But you guys, you guys can strike gold with a sequel. I will tell you that. I will tell you that you can maybe shoot for a, a seven or eight. You know, if you do the sequel the right way, seven or eight for me, at least, because I know, you know, I know people are saying it's not as bad as it was. I know a lot of people are uh, bashing this movie. I haven't listened to a lot of um reviews for this, probably just one, one or two at most. But 
Yeah, man. Felt as though I had to do it because I, honestly, at heart, I am a Sonic fan. I grew up on all those video games. I kind of stopped at um, Sonic Adventure 2 when it came out on Dreamcast. But all the other shit, the first three, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic Spinball, 3D Blast, Sonic R, all that, man. I was I was down with all of that, man. And like I said, it's such a it's such a wide variety of things you can do with this property that I feel like it shouldn't be limited to just one small town, just, uh, you know, one planet, one zone, whatever you want to call it. Like you guys got to get real ballsy and creative the next time around, man. And I, you know, depending on how it looks and how the news comes about, I'm gonna be a little more cautious this time around because I was, you know, I was, I was too hype. I had my expectations set too high for this movie. So I'm gonna be a little more cautious if they start talking about uh, plans of a sequel um, and how the sequel plans are going. But like I said, I don't want it to fail, man. I don't, I don't root against movies. It's just that if movies rub me the wrong way or the trailers don't catch me or the news is just strange you know i'm i'm just not feeling it that's just my opinion on that but like i said five out of ten people so follow the podcast on anchor spotify itunes google podcast apple podcast overcast podcast breaker and radio public anchor i'm waiting I'm waiting. I feel like Sonic. I'm tapping my foot, waiting on y'all to get me on these other platforms. But I'm going to be patient because it's going to pay off. The payoff is going to be sweet. Um, follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor. Follow the Facebook movie group, the Cinemaniacs. I'll be posting this review in there soon as I upload it, which will probably be in like five minutes or so, probably less. I'll upload it as fast as I can um, without the Sonic shoes, though. But shout out to the two the reviewers, the listeners, man. Love y'all to death. The 400 climb is still rocking and rolling. I'm going to be there in no time. I'm almost sure of it. But big shout out to y'all, man, because y'all keep supporting. Y'all keep listening. Um, keep tuning in. So, you know, I really appreciate y'all keeping me afloat, man. It's, it's going on. It'll be month five soon enough, man. It seems like I've been doing this longer. I, I know I say the same shit every time, but that's just a token of my appreciation to everybody who shows me the love and support because I show it right back. So that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor, another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.